Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public service of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here, and it's Easter. Happy Easter to everyone. It's Easter Sunday morning. It's the holiest day of the year for Christians everywhere. And to talk with us about Easter is Steve Ray, a convert to the Catholic faith who takes people on pilgrimages all over the world. Steve, how are you on this Easter Sunday? Very good, Vanessa. Thank you. I'm a lifelong Detroiter myself. I lived all Farmington, Plymouth, born in Detroit, in Ann Arbor area. So um, I'm very familiar with WJR and your program and uh, happy to be a longtime Detroit area listener and resident. So excited to have you on. I, you know, I've talked to you before. I've heard you being interviewed so many times on other media platforms and you have traveled the world. And I want to talk with you. You know, we, we, you know, the station really well, you know, it's not a religious station. So not everyone listening uh, celebrates Easter, but it's, it is a worldwide celebrated Christian holiday and you've traveled all over the world on pilgrimages. Let's talk about Easter. How is it celebrated here in America um, and around the world, Steve? Well, you're right. I, I have been, done a bit of travel here and there. My <laughs> wife and I have actually, we've actually been to Israel over 180 times. And that doesn't count all the multiple times to Egypt and Jordan and Syria and even Iraq because we did the life story of Abraham, and that all started in Iraq. Uh, so, we, yeah, we have been doing a lot of traveling, although we've been grounded for a while here, but back in the air soon. Um, Easter, uh, we all know how it's celebrated here. It's uh, as our country becomes more and more secular, it's, it becomes more of a, um, like a holiday or a day off where everybody gets together and has fun and, and uh, does egg hunts. And um, we did that when we were kids. I remember that was a lot of fun when we were kids doing all the Easter celebration things. It's not a whole lot different in the Middle East. Um, in, in, for example, if you were in Jerusalem right now, it would be very similar. People get up in the morning and most of the Christians will get up and go to a mass. They don't have the Protestant churches there like they do here. It's either Greek Orthodox or Catholic pretty much. And they'll be going to their to their liturgies and be celebrating, and they'll come home. And one thing I could tell you about people in the Middle East, especially the Palestinian Christians, is they know how to eat, they know how to cook, <laughs> and they make a big celebration out of it. It'll be an all-day event. I know that the ladies have been cooking already for two days. They've been preparing upside down, which is one of my favorites. It's a big pot, by the way, mm-hmm. and you... Uh, fill it with uh, rice and chicken and all kinds of vegetables and onions, and then you cook it, and then you bring this big pot. Sometimes it may be 10 gallons big. There's a big family, and they bring a bunch of guys, hold that pot, and they go, ready, set, boom, and they flip it over and drop (laughs) it on a big tray. There's this heaping pile of rice and steaming chicken and onion and carrots and all of their special herbs like uh, Zata, maybe it'll be yeah. a little bit in there, and um, sumac and some other things. I'm very familiar uh, with dishes like that, yes. Oh, I bet you. Yes, are. yes. And uh, so th- this is what they're all doing now. Uh, they're, although they're in, in the Middle East, especially in Israel and uh, Palestinian areas and Egypt and so on, they're about seven hours ahead of us. 
But this is what they're doing, and very much like us, except they they uh, have different kinds of food and um, different traditions, but they're all celebrating the resurrection. And for the Christians there, they're very passionate about that, about being Christian, because they're a very small minority. And when you're a very small minority, you tend to be much more passionate about your beliefs and your culture and your society. And so they're very enthusiastic about it all today. So, Steve, you mentioned, I just want to touch upon this because you mentioned going to Iraq, uh, doing a story, a documentary on Abraham, the land of uh, Ur. And recently, this last month, our own Pope Francis visited Iraq. It was historic because it was the first time a pope ever visited Iraq. Can you talk to our listeners about the significance of that? Well, it doesn't happen very often. And I... I used to say my my best friends in in Israel, they're, they're Palestinian Christians, that back when ISIS was there, the best thing that the Pope could have done was to go to Iraq to show solidarity with the Christians there and with the West. And I'm glad he did it. I, I, I frankly wish it had been done earlier, but I'm glad that it's being done to show a certain solidarity and an encouragement to the people there that we in the West are, are praying and watching and involved. I remember that when I went to Iraq, it was to um, Nazaria down in the south. And right when we were there, ISIS was coming in from the north and they had just taken over Fallujah while we were there. And we were there for a, a week filming. Mm. And um, it was a, it, an amazing country, actually. It was uh, wonderfully friendly people. Um, I think very poor, all things considered, because of the chaos that's gone on there over the last years. Uh, I felt very sorry for the people, but it, it is an amazing culture. And what people don't realize is that when we're here at Easter now, but this is a, a biblical story. Easter is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But where do, who was Jesus? He was a um, from the loins of Abraham. And where did Abraham come from? He came from Iraq. Mm -hmm. Iraq is the beginning of everything. Even most scholars would say that the Garden of Eden was originally in Iraq, or the, the rivers that converge, the Tigris and Euphrates and the Pisgah, and, uh, there were four rivers there. And I stood at that conjunction of rivers and there was a, there's actually a garden there with an ancient oak tree and the locals there uh, say that that is the place where Eden originally was and that Abraham planted that oak tree, which is now just a big, uh, you know, dead, but it's they've preserved it. But that Abraham had planted that tree 4,000 years ago in honor of Father Adam. Hmm. So this, when you go to Iraq, you're really going to the very beginning of, of all of Jewish and Christian culture. It's, mm -hmm. That's the beginning of it all. That's where it all started. Even Eden, and that's where Noah was, and that's where Abraham was. Yeah, people think that Abraham was a Christian or a Jew or an Israelite. He wasn't any of those things. Abraham was a, a pagan who worshipped the god of the moon. And he and the, his name was Nana, the god of the moon. And, and there's a big um, pyramid there still. It's called the Ziggurat. And it has a big stairway up to it. And 
that um, Saddam Hussein actually restored that to a great degree. And it's quite amazing to be there and realize that's where Abram and Sarah would have brought sacrifices 4,000 years ago to God, the God Nana, the God of the moon. Um, and that's where the God that we uh, know of in the Bible, that's where God called him over 4,000 years ago to mm -hmm. go to a new land. So it's really a fascinating thing that the Pope is there. I, I hope that he, I know that he always brings words of, of uh, peace and unity and brotherhood. And I, I hope that the people there listen to him. It's been a very uh, tough haul for all Muslim and Christian there during the ISIS times. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the Christians are coming back and, and a lot of them are trying to reestablish their communities. Yeah. And I, and I hope that his words are an encouragement and maybe an inspiration to rebuild the society and to uh, rebuild the churches and mm -hmm. uh, maybe can have some peace over there for a change. Yeah. You know, Steve, speaking of uh, Iraq, as it ties to Easter Sunday, which it is Easter Sunday today, and we're talking to Catholic convert Steve Ray, uh, who takes people on pilgrimages all around the world. Um, it, it, uh, it was St. Thomas the Apostle who converted Chaldeans to Christianity. And like Abraham, Chaldeans were pagans. And it was St. Thomas the Apostle that converted us to Christianity before he, um, along with going to India. So it's it's very biblical when we're talking about uh, Easter Sunday and uh, the land of Iraq. So um, it, it is. Yeah, significant for the Pope have gone there. Well, I know you are full filled with some fun facts <laughs> about Easter. What can you share with our listeners about some fun Easter facts that we may not be aware of? Well, can I just tell you one funny Easter story? Sure, sure. Uh, it's a little humiliating for me, but it, it is funny. We were there once for Easter on our 10th anniversary of becoming Catholic, and we were there with the Patriarch of Jerusalem, uh, Patriarch Saba, his name was. He's a Palestinian. And we were going to drive. I'm a Knight of the Holy Sepulcher. And so we had these big white robes that they loaned me. I didn't bring mine with me over there, too much space in the suitcase. So I, I borrowed them, and my wife had her robe on, and we were processing through the streets of Jerusalem. And Patriarch said, hey, everybody here, you should have some chocolates. It's going to be a long morning. You're going to need some energy. And I said, well, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. I ate half the chocolates. I said to my wife, I'm going to save the other half for later, and I put them in my pocket. And so we went there, but it was 90 degrees. And uh -oh. <laughs> you know what happens with chocolate. And when I stood up at 90 that, degrees, yes. We're, yes, we're in the Holy Sepulchre where Jesus was crucified and buried and rose again in that church. And when I stood up, all those chocolates I put in my back pocket had melted in the back of my white robe. You can imagine what it looked like. Oh, Lord. Says, oh, no, Steve, <laughs> I told you not to do that. And she said, I just can't take you anywhere. <laughs> So there's a funny Easter morning story for everybody. Oh, that's that awesome. Chocolate, that chocolate <laughs> rabbit melted on me. Yeah. But, At um, least you can find some humor in that. In oh, that yeah, all. you have to. You know, yeah. if you go yeah. through life dour and uh, unappreciative, it's it makes life boring. You got to laugh at yourself yeah. and, and have fun yeah. with it, especially on Easter. Sure. Well, it's um, Easter there, a fun fact, is that people don't realize how close the proximity is between sites like the Garden of Gethsemane and the Antonia Fortress where Jesus was tried by Pilate in the upper room where they had Thursday evening, the Last Supper, and where obviously then, well, let's just start with there. It's up on Mount Zion, and it's on the northwest, southwest side of Jerusalem, 
used to be in the city walls. It's not today. And he would have had the upper room meal there. And then he said, let us go from this place. And they walked through the old city of Jerusalem. And they stopped, I think, at the temple because that was on the way. And in John 17, as they're on their way, he prays what's called in the Bible the high priestly prayer. And I always like to ask people when we're there, where do you think Jesus was when he prayed the high priestly prayer? This one in John chapter 17. I also wrote a 450-page book on the Gospel of John. So these things all, you know, they're right in my mind. And they all say, we don't know where. I said, well, look, he had to walk past the temple. The temple stood right there on the way between the upper room and Gethsemane where he is going. I think that he who was going to become the high priest of, in, in Christianity, he stopped here to pray where any high priest would pray at the temple. Then he went down to the Kidron Valley into the Garden of Gethsemane. It was all just a, a matter of a half an hour walk. Hmm. You know, today in America, everything is so big, you know. I mean, I live yeah. out here in Ann Arbor and then Detroit is 40 miles away. And it's, everything is so big and stretched out. Uh, back in those days, everything was a short walk. So Garden of Gethsemane, he gets arrested. They take him right back the same route, back up to that same place on Mount Zion because that's where the high priest was, and he was Mm -hmm. tried there. Well, then this is one of the fun facts. Where did they keep Jesus, this fun fact for people? I asked him. Over Thursday night, he was tried by the high priest, and they had to do something with him. Where was he kept? Well, there's a prison there. And I take our group down in to see that prison. Hmm. It's at Caiaphas's house, it's called. And there, it's, it's, the church is called um, Galicantu, where the, cru- uh, where the rooster crowed. Hmm. And in there, there was a cistern. And cisterns were big, uh, how do you describe, big caves carved under the ground with just a hole at the top. And then you dig ditches so that the water would flow and go down into the... The cistern would fill up with water during the rainy season because during the summer there's no rain and you depend on that water. Well, they also make wonderful prisons because if you drop someone down through that hole in the top, there's no way they can get out. And so that would be the place where the tradition says that they kept Jesus and cisterns were known, by the way, as being great prisons. Jeremiah was put in a prison. Joseph in the book of Genesis was in a prison, in a cistern. Even in Rome, in the Roman forums, uh, Julius Caesar had a prison there, which was a cistern, just a hole in it, drop them down into the earth. So that's where Jesus was kept over Holy Thursday. And people don't realize that. And then brought up in the in the early morning because back in those days, Easter morning would start very early because they used to uh, do things early in the morning when it was still cool out, knowing that it gets hot in the during the day. So the Romans were smart; they'd start their days very early. Then they'd kick off around ten o'clock and pick up again later in the day. And so they would take Jesus over for his trial very very early before the sun came up on Friday from that prison. Hmm. That's amazing. I love this history and these facts. We're talking with Catholic convert Steve Ray here on It's Your Community. He's traveled uh, the world on pilgrimages and has gone to the Holy Land more than 100 times, and he takes people with him. I know COVID has stopped that, Steve. When do you hope to do more pilgrimages? Yeah, unfortunately, it pretty much grounded us, and um, Israel, even to this day, is still closed. I couldn't go there if I wanted to, Mm -hmm. Uh, although they are talking about opening up this summer. I already have three trips planned for the fall um, to take 
groups there to to the Holy Land. Our trip we're going in September is already sold out. Two buses. I already wow. had that trip sold out. And November's a bus, and December's a bus, and those will be probably two buses by the time we go. We also have a St. Paul cruise we're doing. We're doing a, a trip to Turkey in in August because Turkey, the country of Turkey, is open, and mm. that's a mu- wonderful country and and christian history is just phenomenal there Uh, i always call it the second holy land Mm. so we have a lot of trips coming up this fall and we're excited to get going again we still don't know all of the details what travel is going to require and entail and um, how things are going to play out but we have had to keep postponing our trips all through the end of last year and in the beginning of this year we had two trips planned in April for Israel, and we had to postpone them. But uh, we, we really think by talking to all our sources there and what we see with the occurrences of COVID dropping drastically now um, and the vaccine going out there, that uh, we should be pretty good in the fall. I can't wait to get back. You know, Vanessa, my wife and I for the last 15 years have been to Jerusalem seven or eight times a year. And wow. Having been grounded for a year now, we're we're um, we miss all our friends and our we've been to our friends getting married over there. We've been to their weddings, and that's sad not to be with those people, knowing they're really suffering over there right now. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no work. It's because over there everything is based, especially for the Christians. Yeah, it's all based on tourism. It's all, there's there only Christians are only one point five percent in the Holy Land, one point five percent and less. So they depend on Christian pilgrims coming there during times like this, especially, and there are none. Mm. So we've taken up some collections and tried to send it to some folks that we know really need it, but I'll be glad to be back. So Steve, if people, people listening here on It's Your Community who would be interested in taking one of these trips with you, how do they uh, enroll? How do they participate? Well, I have a website and it's called uh, Footprints of God. And that's where we have all our, our trips are on there. I, I'm just going to be putting up some new ones this week or early next week, actually, um, for the one to Turkey. And we've got a couple domestic ones we're going to do and all the ones we have for Israel. They're already up there, those. So um, footprintsofgod.com. And we work with Corporate Travel. Uh, they're a Detroit area travel agent. Uh, they're the most marvelous folks that travel at uh, Corporate Travel. But the best way to get there is through my footprints uh, of God, footprintsofgod.com pilgrimage website. Okay. And Steve, let me ask you this. For people listening, how can Christians in America connect with other Christians around the world as they celebrate Easter? What are some of the things that we could do to, whether it be pray for them or what, what can we do to connect or learn about Christians around the world? Well, the internet makes everything uh, remarkably intimate these days in a way because I I keep track of people there and I post blogs about them and I take up a few collections here and I'm probably gonna, now that Easter's here, right after this, take up another collection and try and collect maybe a thousand, two thousand dollars to send over to a couple of really needy families. But uh, one of the ways you can do it is by uh, connecting with them on the internet, doing a search maybe for the Patriarch of Jerusalem. That is the main, like what you'd call the Archdiocese or the Bishop of Jerusalem, the the Patriarch of Jerusalem. Um, I have um, 
friends over there that keep in touch with me. But unless you know people or have contacts over there, it's not easy. Mm. Um, what, one of the things our Catholic Church has done, it's not something you can do right now. I mean, it takes some work to set this up. But um, I'm a, first of all, I'm a knight and my wife's a dame of the Holy Sepulchre. That is a order of people. It's kind of like a fraternity. And our goal is to help the Christians in the Middle East. And we as an organization across the, the country and even the world, I think last year contributed 25 million euros. That's even more than dollars to help the Christians locally and build churches and schools and help families and so on. Um, another thing that we've done is our church, which is in Ann Arbor, our Catholic church, has set up a sister parish in Bethlehem. And so every year there's a collection taken up twice a year and we help support their school. They would have a very difficult time. Right now, people in Bethlehem are really suffering, especially the Christians, because there are no tourists coming in. There are no Christian pilgrims coming in. So all of the shops that they, the, the guys and the ladies and the people that carve the olive wood and they're the artisans. Oh yeah, I have, I have some, I have a last supper of the olive wood. Yeah, and the beautiful people that are carving those. There's no work now because nobody's buying those things. Oh. On my website, I have a, a link to the store that we patronize. I should say we help them. Mm -hmm. They're all Christian young folks with families, and whenever we take our groups, we buy things from that store in Bethlehem because those people are stuck. They can't get out to the mm -hmm. rest of the world. And when we support them, it supports and helps 65 different Christian families. So wow. we try to do that as much as we can. I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, as soon as we're done off the air here today, I will put this, uh, my website up for that store. If people want to buy something, olive wood, mother of pearl, religious items, icons, or even donate, uh, I'll put it up on my website at uh, this is another one jerusalemjones.com i have another one mm. um, either one of those i'll put it up on both of them actually footprints of god too so that if people want to shop and buy things from them they can do that and it'll help support the christians in the middle east great that's a great idea steve ray and, and we have about uh, five minutes left with you here on it's our community what else do you want to share with our listeners um about uh, Easter Sunday and traveling to the Holy Land, the pilgrimages you take. Anything else you want to share with our listeners here? Well, I ever since I became a Catholic, I had a great, I had a great desire to go there. Uh, I, I'd always been raised to love the Bible and the stories of the Bible and the history. Once I became Catholic, it was just a kind of an insatiable desire to go there, and took my family a couple times, never dreaming I'd ever go back again. It was like you always hear people say once in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking that, you know, I, I was in tears some of these places because of the meaning to them to us and and brought back souvenirs and things, never knowing I'd ever go back. Now I realize I've been back there 180 times plus and going back. Wow. Almost 200 times. Wow. Yep. And that's just Israel. That doesn't count Egypt and Syria and Jordan and Iraq and all those other places. But um, I, I have a great sense of respect for the Christians there. They have suffered greatly for their faith. Uh, if you just look over the last two or three or four years, the suffering, especially of people in Iraq and a lot of the Christians in, in uh, Bethlehem and areas, there's a, there's a great suffering. And a lot of them are leaving the country because 
it's easier to live in the West. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to keep them there and help them all we can, because if they leave, then those churches will either become museums or mosques or something else. They'll change. It won't be the mm -hmm. same as it is today. And I want our my grandchildren to go there and to be able to see the churches and the history and meet the Christians there. And it would be sad if they're all gone. So that's one of the reasons we like to go and celebrate there and why we like to go and support them. Even by our presence as pilgrims, we're supporting them there and mm -hmm. helping them. And they really need it. But they are the people that are the living stones. We believe mm -hmm. as Catholics that the church is the uh, is a new temple being built, so to speak, and that each of us is a stone put in that temple. We're a living temple unto God. And so we like to go there because when we arrive in that land we're meeting the living stones of the mm. of the temple in a sense these people are there many of them have suffered a great deal to stay there and we like to support them and to think that we're going not just to visit the old ancient stones of the archaeological sites but we're able to visit the living stones of the christians who are still there we have many friends there who are jewish and muslim too and um, a lot of great folks in that land. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more peace among the people than sometimes is known, um, especially in the Holy Land and parts that we go to. Right. Steve Ray, thank you so much for joining us here on Inter Community and sharing this with us on this Easter Sunday morning. You're welcome, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. It's been delightful. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. God bless you and all the work that you do. If you have any questions or comments or topics you want us to get to, you get to me, Vanessa Denha. You go to info at epiphanyccc.com, epiphany3cs.com. You can find me in all the social media platforms, including communications evangelist coach Vanessa Denha Garmo on Facebook. As always, remind our listeners to connect, collaborate, and to communicate with your community. Thanks for listening. It's your community a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.